This is the Find Your Forte podcast, episode four. You have the passion. You have the education. Now it's time for the inspiration. Get ready to step up to the podium with purpose. This is the Find Your Forte podcast with choral director and lifestyle entrepreneur, Ryan Guth. Hey, Choir Nation, this is Ryan. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode four of the Find Your Forte podcast. I am so thrilled to bring to you today Dr. Helen Kemp, who is just incredibly amazing and one of the most inspiring conversations that I've ever had. I'm speaking quietly now because I'm sitting in the United Club of Newark Airport uh, because I'm on a delay to my trip to LA (laughs) and I'm trying not to look crazy holding a microphone. Haters gonna hate, right? So I wanted to uh, take this opportunity to say thank you so much for your support in this first week since the launch of Find Your Forte. We have had a ton of downloads and we've also found ourselves on the new and noteworthy page of iTunes under Performing Arts. And uh, the reason why that's important is it gives us more exposure and it gives us more listeners to add to Choir Nation, which really just makes the podcast stronger and attracts even more awesome guests, just like Dr. Kemp, just like Dr. Flummerfelt and Dr. Brando, and you know, really just strengthens the cause moving forward so that we can inspire everyone to step up to the podium with purpose every day. So thank you so much for that. Also, I want to remind you that this podcast is for you. So please reach out to me on Twitter at Ryan M. Guth or through my contact page on my website, or you can even reach out to me through a message on our Find Your Forte Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com forward slash findyourforte. So thank you, and I really hope you enjoy this interview with Dr. Helen Kemp. Hey, Choir Nation, this is Ryan Guth with the Find Your Forte podcast, teaching you to step up to the podium with purpose every day. I am so thrilled today to be with Dr. Helen Kemp, And uh, just to give you a little bit of background, you should know who she is, but I'm going to give you a little background myself. Dr. Helen Kemp, a lyric soprano, was well known in her early career for oratorio and recital performances. It was her love for the art of singing that propelled her into the field of children's choirs, which she regarded as the seedbed for musical, artistic, and personal growth of young choristers. Now, Dr. Kemp has quite a large biography, and I want to let you know that you can always go to today's show notes at www.ryanguth.com forward slash 004 to read the rest of Dr. Kemp's bio. But at this point, Dr. Kemp, Choir Nation is ready. They're at the edge of their chairs, folders open, and looking your way. Are you ready to deliver I the downbeat? I am ready. All right. Look, she's, she's so enthusiastic. All right. Well, the downbeat is the first part of our interview, and we start with a little bit of history. Now, I'm sitting here with you, Dr. Kemp, a couple days before, can I say? Oh, you may. A couple days before her 97th birthday. You are right. So at this point, we just want to know all of your secrets, but we're going to start with the moment that you knew that you were going to dedicate your life to music. I'd like you to think, now, you, you, again, you act like you're only 32, 
So, so this shouldn't I be too like hard. Sometimes I feel like 35, though. Perfect. Oh, yeah. we're perfect. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> so we want, to, we want you to think back a couple years to <laughs> when you felt as though you were ready to dedicate your life to music. I know exactly. Tell me what that is. Uh, I was in high school. My first, uh, like, freshman, sophomore, I loved athletics. I, I really loved basketball. I was a great basketball player. But there was, there was something missing until this uh, new young teacher came, a choral teacher, the first kind of that kind of singing that I did. And all of a sudden, I realized, wow, this is a... This is a world I really want to be with, in and with. And also, he was such an encourager for me. Finally took me to Westminster Choir College to audition, uh, to just sing for uh, Mrs. Hodap, who was the, the soprano, original soprano with Westminster Choir. And now I was in high school, and... And tell when, Choir Nation where you went to high school. What was that? Tell Choir Nation where you went to high school. Oh, I went to, in, um, it was a consolidated cell perk. It was a consolidated Sellersville and Perkesy. Pennsylvania. P- Pennsylvania. Okay. So, right. so oh, this commute to Westminster was not too far. Right. No, okay. that was not too far. Okay. And so I went in my, for, my, for my first lesson, and when she started working with me, when I went out of that door, I knew this is it. This is what I want to do. I want to be Mrs. Hodap. I want to sound like her. You know how you, it was just a. It just felt right, gut it feeling. fell right in and it came true. I mean. It certainly did it, come it was true. The, it was the entrance door and somebody pushed me into it. It was great. So what happened to basketball? Well, <laughs> what happened to basketball? Were well, you a member it, of the Westminster Wildcats? It had a Wildcats? very nice, was my senior year, <laughs> we were the Bucks Bont Girls champions. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, so look, you got best of both worlds. It couldn't have worked out much, much better than that, huh? Oh, it worked out great. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, now we're going to delve into, and I, and I hope you don't have too many of these moments, but now we're going to delve into a time when things really didn't go as planned and, and maybe something that you would consider upon looking back, you know, not the most shining moment. <laughs> Potentially, we could call it a failure. I don't want to use that terrible of a term, but sometimes we need to call it those things so we can learn from them. And um, it, what, what moment in time would that be for you? Well, thinking back early, you know, when I entered Westminster Choir School, it had not become a college yet. Um, it was... It was in 1936. We were still in depression. And I just assumed I'm going to get to that school one way or the other. Well, about my second year, it was a difficult time financially, and I thought, I'm going to have to leave. I, we can't we can't come up with the tuition. That would alter history. That would absolutely alter history. I'm it's, glad that didn't happen. Okay, keep yeah, going. <laughs> but, but I was so depressed. I thought, I am a failure on not getting to be able to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But um, 
In the first place, Dr. Williamson, the president of the school, called me in when well, I couldn't come up with the tuition, and he said, um, "I'm going to have. I'm going to see that you can continue this whole semester on us." What and an so amazing man! What was an amazing a, man! Now, a lot, lots of people don't know that part of him, but and he kept me going, and then things got better, and I was able to continue. But for a whole semester, I thought, oh, this is my last one here. I'm not going to be able to make it. And, you know, that was a failure in a way, not exactly a failure, but it was a low part mm -hmm. of my desires and my hopes. Right. Well, and I, I think what Choir Nation can take away from this story is that if you have that vision and you have that dream and you live oh. a, that life of passion, that other people notice that, and they'll step up to help you when you're in need. You said those words, the passion, the dream, and the unrelenting drive to want to do this. That's true, and, and I know. But if you didn't have anything negative that you thought it wasn't going to happen, mm -hmm. and, and your bubble burst, that would be... It can be, um, and I liked, I'm glad I went through that because I could be sympathetic to many of my um, young people going into professions like I did later on. Mm -hmm. And you try to be that person that helped the, the younger one um, get through. Yes. And then, then that becomes a part of your philosophy and your educational style, whether you're a singer or a, a teacher or conductor, that an empathetic uh, relationship with people, that's what it's all about, no matter what their age, children, young people, adults, old people, that um, the human desire to communicate and to make somebody's life better. Right, you know. and and Dr. Williamson definitely he did, did that. that for you, and right. many people. But many people, many people along the way. Wonderful, wonderful story. Mm -hmm. Very, very encouraging. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, hopefully the takeaway, you know, can can be that you know when the time get when the times get tough, stick to your passion, oh. keep going, and and people will notice. People right. will notice, and they'll help. You know, you'll never be without without help if you're if you're if you're passionate and you pursue. Uh, you know, your your love right. of music or whatever it is, it, it's, it's that, outwardly. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Well, wonderful. That's a great story. Um, I, I now I'd like to 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 figure out from you what was your proudest um, musical or professional moment? Sometime where where you might have been standing there and said to yourself, "Man, I made it." I made it. This is it. This is, I'm, you know, there's a, a certain point where, where you're, you know, climbing the hill and this is, you got the top of Everest. Okay. Now, I've thought about that a lot because I've had, I've had certain like mountaintop experiences. Mm -hmm. One was uh, conducting, what, 700 children in a Princeton University chapel, these choirs from 
all over Pennsylvania and New Jersey mm-hmm. in this gorgeous, beautiful spot. Um, and when in singing some of the things that was just heart-throbbing to me, mm-hmm. my reaction was not, I've made it, mm-hmm. but gratitude. I am a... I am being allowed to do this thing. Well, that's amazing. And you know, gratitude, gratitude is the force that fights the gravity that tries to pull you down. And if you hang, hang on to that gratitude and you thank, right. you thank God every day for the gift you've been given to work with kids Absolutely. or whoever. And I was so grateful that I had the privilege of standing there with these children singing wonderful music and in this... Can you recall when that was and how how early into the career? Well, there were two of those experiences uh, in when I was teaching at Westminster. One was in in uh, nineteen. Let me see. Nineteen eighty-three. No, it's eighty-three and eighty-seven. There were two years. Okay. Um, And it, it came out of a desire. To at Westminster, we we started the curriculum of um, training children, mm-hmm. and they hadn't had that cor- those courses for a while. And these, um, we came up with the idea that all these young students who were out teaching choirs on weekends all over, you know, mm-hmm. beginning, they got together and we worked out a program of the. 10 anthems that everyone learned. Okay. And w- and they came together in the multicolored uh, vestments and faces. Um and so that was a great idea and and st- there were several students who were my buddies. They took mm-hmm. care of it. One was Glenn Miller. Who is now famous for his basso profondo, you mm-hmm. know. but uh, but it was a, a mass wonderful coordination uh, to make that come true. Beautiful and a wonderful service, you know, of and an amazing uh, space to sing in for anybody who hasn't been space. to Princeton University you know, Chapel. Oh goodness gracious! Yeah. what an amazing space to right. sing in. Awesome, awesome. Um, in a way. Go ahead. Instead of feeling bigger on yourself, you feel smaller that you have this wonderful opportunity. You know, it's... If, if it's you know, Choir Nation, you're not here with me right now, but I am sitting in Dr. Kemp's apartment, and she is just beaming telling this story. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to get some <laughs> pictures up on the blog because uh, she is just beaming telling this story, and it's so wonderful. Um, well, this this that concludes the section called the downbeat. That's a little bit of of glimpse into history, but we're going to probably grab some more history here in the second segment, which is called the Your Forte segment. So um, the Your Forte segment has to do with with pulling out that individual conductor's strengths and hoping to to give some actionable advice or words of encouragement uh, to those who are listening. So I would like to ask you, Dr. Kemp, what do you feel is your forte? 
You have a lot I, of them. You got to pick one, though. Yes, I, have, yes, I have to. I was just sighing there. Yes. <laughs> my forte when I started my journey mm-hmm. was uh, was the ability to sing. I did a lot of oratorio, a lot of just wonderful things that fed my soul. Okay. Then I started teaching, and then I, I don't know how I got into what really became my major forte, which was conducting children's choirs and um, doing workshops, wanting to be a help to people who have not, who had, had not had complete music training but but had these little churches, had these little choirs, um, little or large, but didn't have the background to be able to do what they wanted to do. That's where the workshopping began. It was, uh, you know, and the size did not matter to me. Right, was this reaching out, reaching out reaching to those out. people who, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't say, I should back back up for a second, but we... Sometimes, you know, if we were music majors in college, especially if you went to a, such a dedicated place like Westminster Choir right. College, uh-huh. it's easy to take for granted your education. And, and, and we know when you step out to small town America okay. and there's a little, <clears throat> a little church choir that's seven to ten people and, and led by an amateur director, you know, they have just as much spirit and they have just as much of a right to sing beautifully as oh, everybody else does. Oh, and what you do for their lives. You know, you... Uh, I always got myself in trouble by saying everyone in my children's choir could come. You all come. That gets you into trouble sometimes <laughs> because then then when your musical um, art, artistry wants to do something wonderful, then you have to do the next step of training right. and loving and caring and making them enthusiastic and um, not just for the musical end, but for their personal, uh, their, their life. Right, what their, their spirit. Li- I'm, right now I can enjoy this because I have so many people, thousands, who one way or the other get in touch with me and say I started out in children's choir and I became this and I do this it's wonderful that music has meant so much in so many lives but somebody has to like the conducting the in, in schools mm-hmm. or churches you have to you have to feed that seedling right you know it it's, it has to start somewhere yep and you have to have both energy, enthusiasm, passion to do that. Right. And if nobody goes out there and inspires those seedlings, yeah. then yeah. then you never know if they if they'll ever make it to the make it through the right. surface, you know. And and you have so you have to keep going out there and right. doing it every day and inspiring inspiring those kids or, or right. those adults. I and mean, not not just the creme de creme, you know. Exactly. Because I have this theory for that education and through music isn't just for their performance. It's for 
orchestras and choruses to have an audience. Absolutely. We have to build an audience, and that's, that's by giving them a touch with this wundered thing of singing you know absolutely it was you know it's all about it's all about giving you know it, uh-huh. who, Anne Frank said it best you know no one ever got poor by giving and I think sometimes oh, yeah. you know yeah. we're afraid to give away those secrets because we're afraid someone's going to surpass us giving or away like that giving away that is something that well, we're all on the you know we're all on the same team. You know, musicians always have to remember <coughs> as competitive as competitive of an environment as a music school can sometimes be. You know, right. you're 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 you have to remember that you're on the same team. Musicians are always on the same team, and right. we have to you know. And if we we're fortunate to have this great education, and we interact with people right. that haven't been as fortunate, giving them giving them what we know and giving them our, our heart through, through music uh, now, will benefit the entire musical community and, and the world at large. Now, I, I don't know if you're going to get into this later, but this is connected with what I believe. I think being a person who gives a lot, you have to feed yourself. I, I always read whatever I can read that inspires me or um because you have to feed yourself in order to give well we're gonna we're gonna get there and and, you know leaders leaders are readers you know and you gotta you gotta feed yourself absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah we're definitely gonna I have in the next round which we can head into right now if we're ready to go we can head into the next round because I'm gonna definitely get into that um so the question I have, I ask everyone this, is what project are you most excited about right now? I sent off my latest composition. Um, it's called Morning Stars Singing Together. And it was commissioned for the Southwestern AGO convention that's being held in July. They had to coax me to do this commissioning. In fact, I tried to get out of it, but finally I did it. I'm so glad I did it. I got the, I got the response from the, the group that commissioned it, and it's printed and on its way. Oh, my so, goodness. See? That was today. That that'll happened teach today. you, Ryan. That'll teach you to jump to conclusions. Okay? <laughs> I'm just so inspired. I am so inspired. 97 years old. We're jumping out there with new compositions. Absolutely. Being commissioned. That's... I had such a good time doing it. <laughs> okay, so now the follow-up question is, what's your secret? What's your secret? How does, if I want to live a joyous life and a rich, a rich life and a passion-filled life, to ninety-seven years, tell me what I tell me tell me what I have to do to get there. Well, you have to live every moment, and I do believe in positive, in positive thinking, and giving, because that you keep growing. But also, I have always fed myself with wonderful books. I, I have a few that I want to tell you. You all know it. We'll skip. Go right to the books. Go right okay. to the books. Okay. The, and these aren't particularly about music. Music I've learned my trade at. But I had to keep my spirit, my spirit up. And I have two that I love. 
this is the artist's way. I'm sure. Oh, the artist way. The, the artist way. Julia yeah, Cameron. That is Cameron. That is one of the most. That is one of the most talked about books in in podcasts, even on entrepreneurship. The artist uh, way is one of the most talked about you, books. Go ahead. You know, I always felt. Even in my 60s, 70s, when, you know, you're sort of supposed to sort of um, give out a little. I never, I never gave out then because of these wonderful um, inspirational ideas, but you have to work on them. Yep, you do. It, the, reading it is not enough. You, you have to be involved. Well, Dr. Kemp, do you know that the, that the artist way has a, has a companion workbook, too? Did oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, so I've had I've worked with that, but I've worked on all those. I've got notebooks filled with my writing. You know how you just put your hand on the page and write to keep your creativity. You have going. to write down. You have to write down your ideas every day. Right. You have to write down uh -huh. your ideas every day. You're also and you're also losing. You got to work that muscle. That's a muscle. And I would advise anybody, especially if they think they're slowing down, to get these helps. And lots of times, and then sometimes it's not, um, the other one I love is the Art Spirit, Robert, H-E-N-R-I. It's about art. The Art Spirit by Robert, is that, is that Henri? Robert Henri, I guess okay. you could say it. But most of the people here say Henri. But it's Henri. Mm -hmm. And he is he is a Bucks County visual artist, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. I don't know all the background, but what is this? I put some of these things down. I, I always underline in my books, and I make it a part of my thinking. And this one I love. The mind is a tool. It is either clogged, bound, rusty, or it is a clear way to the soul. Say that again for Choir Nation. The whole thing. I'll get my glasses because I, I don't have it all memorized. <clears throat> the mind is a tool. It is either clogged, you know, you get non-thinking and you get stuck, mm -hmm. bound, rusty, or it is a clear way to the soul. I'm always searching for that to make a clear way to my feelings and, and the way I want to relate to people. That's beautiful. That is such a, that is such a great quote. I'm going to put that in our show notes. That's a wonderful quote. It is. And it's a, but I love to get people how, who have been passionate about other things in life. It, it feeds me in what I'm doing. It's so amazing to talk with people who do something other than music but but if they're as equally as passionate about it as yeah. I am, it's yeah. they're always some of the best conversations. Oh, absolutely right. And well, now I want to be sure <clears throat> when um, when I talk my philosophy, I also want to I want to produce a good sound. I wanted to produce produce beauty. Uh, you know, I'm not. I know I can't reach certain levels with certain groups, but I'm always aiming for the best they can do. Absolutely. And that, you know, that has served me well. And I want to feel 
you have done a one wonderful job for me. You have come up and you've learned these, you know. It's right, if you can take them from where they are and bring them by being with you, or bring right. them, help them level up, right, to, right, to reach their fullest potential, then hope, you've done and, your job. I hope enriching their lives. Absolutely. You know, because the people that helped me most in life were all people, enrichment people. Either I wanted to imitate them or they gave me a focus, you know, even even now mm-hmm. at my age. I mean, that does not have to stop. Nope, it does, certainly does not. Mm-hmm. Do you feel as though, one of my favorite quotes is, is, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I feel like even even right. at 97, you have you have a, a desire to s- surround yourself with positive people, with people that help to enrich your life. Right. And you make those you make those choices to be with those people that are that, that's very important because you you if you're nourishing, you have to nourish yourself to keep to be able to share yourself and do something for others, you know. So that's a secret. So uh-huh. you got that's that's the secret to long happy life is is feeding your soul regularly, right? Reading and doing appreciating beauty of all kinds, you know. Musical and non-musical, yeah. right. of absolutely take a, right. take a, take some time to stop and smell the roses, right? <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I was thinking of this when you, I was thinking about books that. Mm-hmm. Um, keep refueling you. There, I seldom read books just about music because I'm dealing with it all the time. I'm working with that always, and and through the music itself, you are fed. But uh, some, uh, you know, the things that de- that deal with your inner feelings mm-hmm. and your your desire to communicate. And what you get from other people is, and as a conductor, that's very important. This, not only what you give them, it's what comes back to you. It's sort of, you know, there's some, some of the things that I have time to think about now mm-hmm. that I didn't before because it was my working and my schedule. But now I can have a time to, to reflect and still be able to, Go to the piano and work out a new song. That's or beautiful. Well, so this segues really well into my next question, right? So, what what is what is something that you would tell your younger self? What would what would that advice be? Now, now that you've had some time to sit and reflect, what what word of advice would you give to your younger self? It doesn't sound like you have many regrets, but no, well, well, I was thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And I, I was really talking about that with my two daughters that were here today. Um, and I have this different kind of feel about that because life has ups and downs. Yes, it does. There, there are times when you have big problems to solve or things didn't work out. But, you know, at the end of life, I am who I am because of what all those things, positive and negatives, that you have to work with. I don't know if I would change. Um, I wouldn't take away the things that um, 
I had to solve problems for. I wouldn't take that away. Because it made you who you are today. Yeah. So that question, I wouldn't say, oh, I'd like to do this differently. Well, we'll see, Choir Nation, I might just strike that question from the interview altogether, right? We're still early on in this in this game, but but it, it's very, very true. It's very, very true. All of the positives and the negatives, the hills and the valleys yeah, brought the you to where you are today. Right. And I wouldn't want to go back over my life and say, oh, I screwed up this that, and I never got over it. No, you do. And it, it is hills and valleys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a uh, there's always you know psychologists always talk about the 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 power of the words should and must uh-huh. you know and you and that you you should never should yourself. No, I say. know that is one. I should have done this. I should have done that. That's uh, that's a very demeaning. It's negative to yourself. Yes. Very uh-huh. negative thinking. Even though you are conscious of things that you could have done better, mm-hmm. but then you are learning. Absolutely. You know, so we're getting very psychological here. Philosophical. And and I think that's great because, because, you know, I think many of the listeners in Choir Nation, you know, are are incredibly talented people. That's why they found, that's why they found this podcast to begin with, right? And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, where, where we can grow always is personally, Uh, you know, musically, we, we you know we're surrounded by people that can that can always help us level up, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes we don't always take the time to think about ourselves personally. Right. Um, so it's I'm glad that we're getting we're getting deep and philosophical. I'm a pretty woo woo kind of guy, and I yeah. so I appreciate that. I appreciate that myself. Yeah. So we we've um, we've spoken about your books already. That was my next question. But um, moving on, what was your most favorite concert that you've attended as an audience member? Oh, as an audience. Oh, there are thousands. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> That's the thing. With years, you pile up your experiences. and Is there, one, is there one maybe early on that... that just maybe like that, like your like your high school story with the with the new teacher coming in and inspiring you to be, to to pursue choral music. Is, is this, there is there a concept? But I'm that a listener. Changed? I'm a listener. Mm-hmm. Is that you're talking about? This is what you. I'm a listener in this question. Yes. Okay. Yes, you're yes you're an audience member, a listener. Absolutely, right. you're a listener. In this well, question. I will tell you. Uh, we were somewhat involved in this in the, the uh, Concertgebouw in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. When we were there for the year, sabbatical year, we, the seven of the Kemps, we were invited to sing at this um, massive um, celebration at Christmas with all languages and all of that. And there was a Russian choir behind me and a and a German boys' choir, and all over the um, Amsterdam Concertgebouw, mm-hmm. wonderful auditorium, um, we listened to all these international groups. But we were this little family here, and we had our our chance to, we sang uh, some uh, American carols, mm-hmm. But listening from one one group to another, it was just 
so much beyond what we thought, because none of us had ever been in the Concertgebouw in this space before. Well, that's one that just is in my mind. But my listening to that kaleidoscope of sounds, mm-hmm. and that was different that not many people would have that, you know, memory. All right. I love that. So it looks like you have another one. I'm see I'm seeing I'm seeing the gears turning. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, <laughs> my gears are always turning. So. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I'll move uh, on. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the tough one now. Are you ready for the tough the tough question? I'll I'll wind up for that one. Okay. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. If you had only one concert left in your lifetime, a choir with limitless ability and access to a sold-out concert venue of your choosing, where would your final concert be, and what would be the last piece on that concert? Okay. This is going to surprise you because I'm thinking I would like to redo a concert that was held on my 90th birthday okay. at Trinity Episcopal Wall Street okay. in New York. They had n- not audition choirs, but the most beautiful sounds and a great organist, the sanctuary filled with parents. I think I would want something like that. I would like to go out singing some great hymn when the morning stars together sing their glorious songs to God. You mm-hmm. know what? That, it's an Albert Bailey text. Okay. A magnificent text. I'll pull, and, I'll pull it up for you right now. Okay. See if you get that. And the, the last verse... Is the is so beautiful on the the really meaning of uh, music and worship, which which I was con- I was involved with that as well as secular. But that I would like to have the last thing. Can one of the last? Do you have that? The last words. When the morning stars together their creator's glory sang, and the angel host all shouted till the joy of heavens rang. That one? Yes. See, when, and if that was my last, my last chance, <laughs> if this I'm having as the last thing I'm going to do, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be nice? That's beautiful. That, would but, you do all four verses? No. The, I did one. Um, um, the one that's the... Was you voice and instrument in union? Voice the- and music. Yes, I did that one, and that was my own. I went away from the tune and did my own okay. thing. Okay. How about, now, Lord, we bring you our gift of music? That's it. Okay. That's it. Now read that. Okay. So, so this is When the Morning Stars Together by Albert F. Bailey. When the morning stars together, their creator's glory sang, and the angel host all shouted, till with joy the heavens rang. Then your wisdom and your greatness, their exultant music told, all the beauty and the splendor which your mighty works unfold. Voice and instrument in union through the ages spoke thy praise, 
plain song, tuneful hymns and anthems told your faithful, gracious ways. Choir and orchestra and organ, each with sacred offering brought, while inspired by your own spirit, poet and composer wrought. Lord, we bring our gift of music, touch our lips and fire our hearts, teach our minds and train our senses, fit us for this sacred art. Then with skill and consecration, we would serve you, Lord, and give all our powers to glorify you and in serving fully live. That is powerful. It's powerful. That is very powerful. And it has a, it's so in- inclusive and yet it's for everybody. You know, everybody's included in it. Choirs, orchestras, music, or organs, you know, it's, but the, but the whole, whether it's, whether it's sacred, secular, it still has that passionate person. Oh, it's amazing. Person. That's mm-hmm. a that is one that is a wonderful hymn. We sh- we need to add that. We need to yeah. That te- I don't I don't think I hear that text enough. I think that's an amazing text. It is. Oh, it's owned by Oxford, Oxford University Press. Are we? Are you editing? Keep going. No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> it was a, uh, um, and I may have trouble. The publisher is just waiting for it, mm-hmm. but it. They are pretty sticky, the Oxford University Press, so that I could publish it. And I said, I don't care. I just want to use this, and you can have it for your, for your grand finale mm-hmm. worship service for the AGO, the American Guild of Organists. And, you know, so I'm glad you think of that, because that's the, the thought of that is really... And it, it expresses the... The the mm, the grandeur of what music can do, and 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 I think it's not just limited to church. It's a, it's the spirit. Mm. That really of is a, a musician. <laughs> and I know I claim myself to be a musician because <laughs> that's the passion of my life. And yeah. conducting. That's how you give it away. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So inspiring. That's such a great, oh, that's such a great text. Well, so do you have any parting words of encouragement for our listeners? Well, if they're, if they're in music at all, I, I, as an active musician, it's a life work. It's never, you, you've never, you've never reached the end of possibilities. And it's, it's, I know that's true because I've lived through these things, but it's also your own responsibility to keep your mind um, alive and positive and helpful and grateful for whatever gifts you have. <sighs> I could go on, but... <laughs> that's beautiful. That is such a great, that's such a great piece of... Parting, well, parting thank guidance. you for having this conversation of with course, me. Of course, of course. Well, what's the best way that our listeners can connect with you moving forward? I know that oh. you're incredibly active on Facebook because that's I am, how I got a hold of you. Well, Facebook to me, since now I'm living in 
a retirement, a very nice retirement. Yes, it is place. a very nice retirement yes. home. And, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. But you are, for someone who has lived a life with people all the time and mm -hmm. directing them and teaching them <clears throat> to be alone more, I love Facebook, the good part of it. <laughs> I, I don't do the other part. <laughs> But I, I do. I have, um, I have communication with many of my former students, and who are now out in the field and doing their thing, and they keep me up with what they're doing, and that's that's exciting for me. That's wonderful. you know, even even in operas and all fields of music, uh, or teaching in Shanghai or something mm -hmm. up there. It's a worldwide connection. And yeah, absolutely. That, that, yeah. that for me And And wonderful. Dr. Kemp even knows how to send over a heart emoji through, through Facebook Messenger. She said she was delighted that I was going to come and visit and sent through a heart. And I was like, I don't even think I know how to do a heart on Facebook. Oh. <laughs> so, so, so definitely search, search Dr. Kemp Dr. Helen Kemp on, on Facebook, and you can connect with her that way. Oh, that would be fun. Very good. Very I'll good. Well, good. we thank you so much. Oh, this Our nation thanks you. It was fun. Yes. And uh, <laughs> it's just been such a, a wonderful interview. Thank you very, very much. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Find Your Forte with Ryan Guth. As always, join Ryan online at www.ryanguth.com for detailed show notes and discussions on every episode. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Until next time, be amazing. Good. I hope we weren't too serious and it was fun for me. <laughs> <laughs>